Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of St. Monica. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who console the sorrowful, and who mercifully accepted the motherly tears of St. Monica for the conversion of her son Augustine, Grant us, through the intercession of them both, that we may bitterly regret our sins and find the grace of your pardon. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. I, Paul, appointed by God to be an apostle, together with brother Sothenus, send greetings to the church of God in Corinth, to the holy people of Jesus Christ, who are called to take their place among all the saints everywhere who pray to our Lord Jesus Christ. For he is their Lord no less than ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ send you grace and peace. I never stop thanking God for all the graces you have received through Jesus Christ. I thank Him that you have been enriched in so many ways, especially in your teachers and preachers. The witness to Christ has indeed been strong among you, so that you will not be without any of the gifts of the Spirit while you are waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. And He will keep you steady and without blame until the last day, the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, because God, by calling you, has joined you to His Son, Jesus Christ, and God is faithful. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will praise your name forever, Lord. I will praise your name forever, Lord. I will bless you day after day, and praise your name forever. The Lord is great, highly to be praised. His greatness cannot be measured. I will praise your name forever, Lord. Age to age shall proclaim your works, shall declare your mighty deeds, shall speak of your splendor and glory, tell the tale of your wonderful works. I will praise your name forever, Lord. They will speak of your terrible deeds, Recount your greatness and might. 
they will recall your abundant goodness. Age to age shall ring out your justice. I will praise your name forever, Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia. Be watchful and ready. You know not when the Son of Man is coming. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Stay awake, because you do not know the day when your master is coming. You may be quite sure of this, that if the householder had known at what time of the night the burglar would come, he would have stayed awake, and would have not allowed anyone to break through the wall of his house. Therefore, you too must stand ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. What sort of servant, then, is faithful and wise enough for the master to place him over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Happy that servant if his master's arrival finds him at this employment. I tell you solemnly, he will place him over everything he owns. But as for the dishonest servant who says to himself, My master is taking his time, and sets about beating his fellow servants, and eating and drinking with drunkards, his master will come on a day he does not expect, and at an hour he does not know. The master will cut him off, and send him to the same fate as the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel today certainly impresses upon the disciples the need to take seriously our faithfulness to God. Stay awake, says Jesus. You don't know the day when your master is coming. Uh, And that day is incredibly important. That day is what everything is about. The coming of the master, he needs to find you having accomplished the work entrusted to you. Not being busy about distractions or things which aren't essential or things which can knock us off our path or take us away from what truly is essential. And and so you get the invitation, stay awake. Because to fall asleep is to lose focus. I suppose religious people appear quite weird to the non-religious. Because we end up with a, a very different order of priorities. Uh, and, and, and we tend to hold this order of priorities pretty passionately. You see, Jesus speaks of this burglar who comes at night uh, and who robs the householder of what's in his possession. That someone can come and break through the wall of the house and take from you what is most precious. Now, the need to stay awake then is to make sure that that doesn't happen. That there's an attentiveness, that there's an order of priorities in, in, in keeping ourselves in possession of what is most precious. So when you couple that with the second parable that Jesus speaks here about um, the servant being busy about the master's business, you start to get one servant who behaves quite differently to the rest of the household. If the rest of the household isn't waiting for the master's return, then what's the point in being busy about your chores? You may as well go on eating and drinking with drunkards. You may as well go on with, you know, 
whatever makes you happy, whatever makes life as comfortable as possible. To the rest of the household, the servant who's busy about his master's affairs looks a bit odd. But, on the flip side, to the servant busy about his master's affairs, the other members of the household look extraordinarily irresponsible and very much at risk. I think this is the tension that a lot of Christians feel when they have family members who've given up the practice of the faith. You know, grandparents who lament that their grandkids haven't been baptised. I know a lot of people who are really worried about their kids, you know, not getting married and instead cohabitating with their partners and all sorts of different combinations. I know lots of parents who are angry at the Catholic education system for not inculcating in them the need to go to Mass on Sundays. I probably don't have a single parishioner who doesn't have some concern about a loved one who may have taken up a, a kind of life that would be described by Jesus as falling asleep and taking your eyes off the prize. Um, you know, the list goes on and on, and it causes a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. Well, the two short parables that Jesus addresses in the Gospel today, they both emphasise the importance of prioritising God and recognising the gravity of the choices that we make in life. You know, what, what we do really counts. And that's certainly the emphasis of these two parables. But the thing that Jesus doesn't mention here, and that certainly is present in other parts of the Gospels, is that God desires the salvation of all. That Jesus has come for the sinner, not the virtuous. And so, you know, let's not imagine that we're the only ones who want the salvation of our loved ones. And Jesus wants it even more than we do. The Father has designs that his family would be established forever in heaven. And that includes the ones that we love the most So we're not just the only ones pulling for them. You know, Christ is as well. And and I think in that respect, we've really got to place ourselves under God's plan. Trust the Lord and know that he loves our loved ones even more than we do. But here's the thing. We still need to pray for them. And it's here we have the great example of the saint we celebrate Today, St. Monica. And I'd like to um, quote to you uh, a couple of bits from an Angelus address that Pope Benedict held in 2006 on the feast of St. Monica. Now, St. Augustine is one of his great theological heroes, so he's got a lot of affection for St. Monica the mother, and St. Augustine, the son, and the relationship between the two. So, so the fact that he dedicated the whole of his Angelus text to St. Monica probably isn't surprising. Um, but I, I'd like to quote to you some of it, um, and, and hopefully it'll be a, a bit of a, an encouragement, maybe to those who struggle a bit with some of the sorrow that's caused by family members who've strayed away from God. So this is what Pope Benedict said. He said, Monica who was born into a Christian family at Tagaste, today Souk Aharas in Algeria, lived her mission as a wife and mother in an exemplary way, helping her husband Patricius to discover the beauty of faith in Christ and the power of evangelical love 
which can overcome evil with good. After his premature death, Monica courageously devoted herself to caring for her three children, including Augustine, who initially caused her suffering with his somewhat rebellious temperament. As Augustine himself was to say, his mother gave birth to him twice. The second time required a lengthy spiritual travail of prayers and tears. But it was crowned at last with the joy of seeing him not only embrace the faith and receive baptism, but also dedicate himself without reserve to the service of Christ. How many difficulties there are also today in family relations, and how many mothers are in anguish at seeing their children setting out on wrong paths. Monica, a woman whose faith was wise and sound, invites them not to lose heart, but to persevere in their mission as wives and mothers, keeping firm their trust in God and clinging with perseverance to prayer. Isn't that good? Imagine what the world would look like if it was filled with St. Monica's praying for their kids. So don't get tired, don't lose heart, and remember, the Master returning is also the Crucified One. He returns with the wounds on his hands which he bore precisely to save those who are lost. Precisely to seek out and to save those who are lost. So let's entrust ourselves and all of humanity, into those wounded hands. The Lord has come to heal and to save. Let's pray that he does so, first and foremost for us, and then also for those that we hold dear and those who need it most. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. 
At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.